Welcome to Coalition on Adult Basic Education's Adult Ed Advocacy, the podcast that helps you become a more effective advocate for adult education. I'm Sarah Hagigi, Refugee Education Program Coordinator at Pima Community College and the 2021 Arizona Adult Advocate for Adult Education Fellow. I introduce myself as a passion educator who believes in empowering students and raising their critical consciousness about social conditions. And my co-host is Erin. Hi, I'm Erin Vabornik, the 2021 State Advocate for Adult Education Fellow from Illinois and an ESL instructor at Elgin Community College. I'm also a board member on, I on IESA, which is Illinois' Adult and Continuing Educators Association. So we have a great show for you today, all about advocacy at COABE, which is the Coalition on Adult Basic Education. It's the organization behind the Adult Ed Advocast. And joining us today are two wonderful guests. We have COABE CEO, Sharon Bonney, and COABE Creative Director, James Bonney. So Sarah, I still can't believe that we got, <laughs> we got, um, Sharon to fit us into her busy schedule today. I know this is so exciting. I'm very excited for this episode. And like we were talking about in our last episode, we just finished our year-long State Advocate for Adult Education Fellowship with Sharon, which is where this whole podcast began. More on that again in episode one if you missed it, but I, I can't wait. I can't wait either. <laughs> so before we get to that interview with Sharon, we're going to make the listeners wait a minute. It's time for our federal legislation update. Absolutely. So Build Back Better is still in reconciliation. We detailed exactly what that means in episode one. So you may want to listen to our episode one. The most important thing to know is that it is not too late to advocate for $700 million in direct funding for adult education to remain in the final version. Absolutely. So reach out to your legislators. Let them know why adult education matters. You can send them an email or easier yet, use COEB's simple three-click tool. You can access it from a computer, from a phone. It takes less than five minutes to do. What I like is you even have the option for it to just save your information. So I don't even have to type in my name and my address anymore. It just knows me. It says, hi, Erin. <laughs> Here we go. So it takes, for me, even like less than 30 seconds if I wanted to. So I've actually made my kids lunch with one hand and then filled out the three click on my phone with the other hand. So it's that easy. That's so a mom way to do. It is. Where do you fill out your three click forms? Well, actually, that was a good point because I also have saved my information. So it was very easy for me. So in our state, we have a saying that started with our awareness committee chair at our state association, Arizona State Association for Lifelong Learning. Amanda usually says that you have two hats, one hat as an educator, one hat as an advocate. So you need to just know which one's which and take one off and put the other one on. And then um, I usually during the lunch break, when I go get some coffee or lunch, I take off my educator hat and then put on my advocate hat. And before driving to get my Starbucks, I 
do that three click thing and then start driving to get my coffee or when i'm waiting for my coffee at starbucks I can do the three click things. That's how fast you can do it. It's mm -hmm. not taking so much long. I know. I think I could probably train my four-year-old <laughs> to do it, just to click that button. Exactly. So to find that three-click form, um, you can see the CoAbe website, or if you pay attention to those fantastic CoAbe connections emails, they're always listed right in there with a direct link right to the three click. We are going to take a short break. We are coming back with um, Sharon Bonnie, Coape CEO, and we are excited to hear about her. Welcome back. My name is Erin Vabornik, and I'm with my co-host, Sarah Hagigi, and you've been listening to the Adult Ed Advocast. So with us today, we have CoAbe CEO, Sharon Bonney. So Sharon, thank you for joining us today. It's my Hi, pleasure. Sharon. Thank you for having me. Hi, ladies. Hi. Welcome to Advocast. How exciting. I know. Thanks for making time in your busy schedule. Um, I just have to say of, of like every, of any CEO that I've communicated with, you are the fastest person at responding. Oh, thank <laughs> you. That always amazes me. I yes. know. <laughs> so before, um, before we start asking some questions, I'd like to give you the opportunity to just tell our listeners a bit about yourself and what CEO of CoAbe means. Everybody, it's nice to meet you. I'm Sharon Bonney, and I've been with CoAbe now for well, going on about 20 years. Um, I started out working with CoAbe in another life when I actually worked with another organization. And at that time, um, I was working with a board of directors on simple things like let's get the business cards done and new letterhead and that kind of thing. And it really grew over time. Um, I've enjoyed working with our board of directors. We've done a lot of fun and exciting things and lots of different initiatives. One of which I'm really proud of, which is Educate and Elevate. It's a six-time award-winning um, campaign, which really helps to bring awareness to adult education. So before we initiated that campaign, adult education had uh, constantly taken cuts or been frozen for 15 solid years. So back in 2017, we started working with the state directors of adult education on this campaign, and it's really taken off. And this is why you all are here today, because what we saw is we really need people speaking up about adult education and the value and the worth of the adult learners and the value and the worth of the services that the teachers provide. So um, there's been a lot of other initiatives too, but that's one that I think is I'm just really passionate about because I can see the value of it and what, how it's helped the field. Absolutely. That's amazing. Thank you. Thank you for all you're doing, Sharon. Yeah. Thank um, you for what you're doing. <laughs> thank you. So 
how did you start working in the adult education field? Well, I started working in the adult education field when I was just 23. And I started out, my mine's a kind of unusual story. I started working for a company called Lawback Literacy at the time. I loved their mission. It was each one teach one and one one to Christ. So it was very faith-based. Yeah. And I started out uh, working at their front desk and loved it. I loved working with the people. I loved that the organization had um, this way of really helping to, you to learn and to grow and to grow, promote from within. So that was a wonderful long journey. I was there for 12 years. And that's how I came into uh, working with CoAve was through Bobak Literacy. And um, it really has become a beautiful relationship. But it, that was my first step into adult education. I hadn't worked in oh. the adult ed space before that time. I love hearing stories of how people come to this field because we come from so many different backgrounds. It seems like many of us kind of trip into it and then we just fall in love. I tell people, you know, if you're going to start working in adult ed, be ready to never leave. Like this is, I can't imagine doing anything, anything Once else. adult ed, always adult ed. <laughs> exactly. Erin, I remember thinking that the people were just so wonderful to work with. And at that time, there was the opportunity to learn how to be a tutor and to receive um, professional development. So I did that for some time and just loved it. And actually, to this day, I run an adult ed program um, now as well. But it was something that I just, as you said, you kind of trip into it and then you stay with it. Yeah. That's right. So you run an adult ed program on top of CEO? Yeah. Yes. And my husband and I also helped to run a pantry, a food pantry as well. Yeah. Wow. Keep a little bit busy. Yeah. I'm at a loss for words because that is, (laughs) that is very busy (laughs) because I don't want to assume that all of our, our listeners know too much about Coeb. I know when I first entered the field of adult education, it was a whirlwind of here's this association and here's this and that. And I couldn't really see how everything fit together. Um, so what is Coeb's mission and who exactly does it serve? Coeb's mission is to inspire educators so adults succeed and communities thrive. And so we primarily work with teachers and administrators who then work with the adult learners. Um, I looked at the most updated information right before I got on. We're serving about 34,000 members. Those are active members who are constantly communicating with us, um, applying for grants or uh, participating in our webinars or our symposiums or our national conference. So uh, there's quite a quite a footprint there, but there's actually 72,000 adult educators in the field, according to the most up-to-date NRS data. So we're only halfway there. We know we want to reach more. We'd like to have every adult educator on board working with COABE. And the reason why is because we provide so many free benefits. We provide advocacy, communication, professional development, research, and just a wonderful way to network with others that are in the field as well. That's amazing. You mentioned one of the services that you provide is advocacy. What is advocacy and why does it matter? Advocacy is so simple. It's speaking up for yourself. Nobody else will. So we have to speak up for ourselves. We need to be able to talk about the work that we do and why we're passionate about it. Because if we don't, we can't expect that the funding is going to be there. We can't expect others to realize the great work that's taking place. So there's over 2,000 programs across the country. And I encourage every program director, every teacher, and every adult learner to speak up about the great work that's taking place, how it's changed their lives, how it's helped them to 
change the trajectory of their lives for the adult learners. And um, also how it it's just this ripple effect when that adult learner's life is changed, their whole family's lives are changed. Their children's lives are changed. The community is changed. So I just feel like it's such a wonderful mission. But then at that local grassroots level, everybody needs to be speaking up for themselves as well. Right. Um, you're a very known and famous face when it comes to advocacy for adult education. How did you start and what was that like first step that you took? I still remember the first step. I remember when I was looking at how the past 15 years we had not received funding and I was hearing from uh, practitioners, administrators in the field, how they were working on a shoestring budget. And I remember looking at data and thinking, okay, so in, in elementary ed, it's about $10,000 per adult learner. And in my home state, they're getting about $300. I'm sorry, in elementary ed, it's about $10,000 per learner. And then in my home state, it's about $300 per adult learner. So we're working with adults who already have barriers, right, to literacy and um, different sorts of instruction. And we're working with primarily um, teachers who often do not have full-time jobs, so part-time teachers who often don't have benefits. And we're requiring them to work on a shoestring budget and to do more with these adult learners than we would with the elementary education learners. And it just, something clicked. And I thought to myself, why aren't we doing something about this? At that time, COABE had this motto, the voice of adult education. That's what we were known for, but where was our voice? So I remember going back and talking to a number of different vendors and sponsors and partners and asking them to come alongside us. And we did at that time, we had three that came alongside us and we had our first ever Capitol Hill Day where we flew in over 100 adult educators from around the world, we, around the country, and we worked with NASDA, the state directors as well. We flew these folks in to talk with their legislators, and we watched and saw how they connected, and they went home, and they would send their emails, and they'd get follow-up emails back. And so that was a starting point for me was seeing, like, finding our voice and seeing that we had to speak up if we didn't. There, there wouldn't be a field of adult education. I, I really felt that strongly back in 2017. Wow. That first step is always the hardest yeah. and the scariest, but it, um, so much good comes from it. And, you know, once you take that first step, those, the steps that follow are, are easier. Um, especially uh, as you mentioned, having a community around you partnering so that it, you don't feel like it, it's relying solely on one voice. You know, we are a coalition. So you mentioned the, the educate and elevate, which I love those, those handouts. And I bring them with me when I go to legislative meetings, because first they look wonderful, but, but also it's just so, um, it just makes me feel more comfortable to have that information there that I can rely on, especially when I get in front of somebody and you know you lose your words, <laughs> you have that to rely on. Um, but what are some other past and current advocacy initiatives that um, that COABE hosts or supports? So we have an advocacy strand at our national conference. We and this is where at the national conference we have between 2,500 to 3,500 that attend from all over the country. And we provide training specifically on how to speak up for yourself. But there's also the ambassador program. I love this because really this is, this is where we help adult learners 
to learn to speak with people in power, to learn to talk about why adult education is valuable. So we have that as well. And then also we we at COEB are constantly working with the Biden administration and other administrations. We've been doing this for since 2017, really. So we're constantly in meetings um, with their staff or with OCTE. We're constantly you know, having our hand on the pulse of what's taking place. And for example, right now, there's a Digital Equity Act that we're encouraging our members to take action on, to, to submit their comments. So we'll create templates and resources and things like that for our members as well which is really important to us to make sure that our members have lots of free material and resources. So it's really easy. So one other thing I'd like to mention that we also do, and you mentioned it quickly is the three quick clicks. And this is where we help our members to contact their legislators over email, phone call, or Twitter. And we make it as easy and simple as possible because we know all of our teachers and administrators are, they're quite busy. So we want this to be as easy as possible. So that's another part of the campaign is really that they can contact their legislators, have the information that they need to get the message across that adult education matters. As a member and an educator, I am so grateful for all of the materials that are out there. And I am really excited about the conference <laughs> and that advocacy strand. Right. Yes. So Erin um, and I both participated in 2021 um, State Advocate for Adult Education, feeling known as SAFE. Um, how did you start thinking about, how did you come up with the idea of having a position like SAFE? So I first want to just congratulate you ladies because you have just done a phenomenal job in your role as SAFE Fellows. Um, it was our inaugural year and I just saw you both just jump in and really do an excellent job. So we came up with this idea, really, it was a team idea. Um, Jeff Abramowitz, who's the executive producer of this show, as well as Regina Sue, who's our public policy chair. And I believe everybody on the executive committee, we were talking about how there's a need at that state level to have somebody who is interfacing with your governor, with your state association, with your mayors, really having that, um, that interaction. And so as we talked about it, that was where the idea came to, came to pass was we thought, well, have a, let's have a fellowship so we can build a network of individuals. So Aaron, you know, in your state, you're the safe fellow this year. Maybe there'll be another safe fellow next year and you'll be the mentor. And then that person graduates to mentorship and then another person comes along. So within five years, we'd have five individuals who feel really comfortable and have had a lot of training on this and they can then build a network out from there. So the goal is really to provide a network of individuals who are highly trained, really qualified to go in and present the case for adult education to governors, members of Congress, mayors and funders. Well, I know we were honored to be <laughs> to be part of it and um, really appreciative that we can still kind of stick around as mentors because otherwise I was ready to change my name and put on a disguise just, <laughs> just, so, I could, just so I could come back. Because as you said, the, the community that was built um, it was incredible. I highly encourage others to to apply and to get involved in that fellowship in the future. Exactly. And I learned a lot from other fellows from other states. I usually, I used to focus on my state only and maybe the bigger news from the national um, news, but not necessarily the details about each other state, each of the other states. So it was very educational for me to make friends and um, learn about other states and the good work that they do in their home states. So. Absolutely. 
Yeah. I think that is what I enjoyed the most, kind of sitting back and watching that networking, camaraderie, collegiality that grew out of that. Um, and I just, I was so thankful because so many of our fellows really got in there and did just a top notch, high quality job. And I was super grateful to Josh Abramowitz, our safe chair for leading that charge um, and making sure that the fellows had the training that they needed, but to everybody who participated, because they all did such a great job too. And to any listeners who are thinking, well, what are all of these great things that these, that you're talking about that these other fellows did? We certainly plan on having them on as guests so that they can detail all of the amazing work that they did. So you'll hear from them throughout. So um, Sharon, my last question for you is that what are some past and current advocacy initiative that Koi hosts and sponsors? So um, right now I, I mentioned how we're involved with the Digital Equity Act, trying to uh, make sure that that receives the comments that it needs. Um, so there's this comment period through February 4th where members can take action, but we're, we're fighting hard for that $700 million of additional funding for COVID. So that's something that we're engaged in and asking everybody to take action on. Um, and then as well, I mentioned that we typically have a Capitol Hill Day and Adult Ed and Family Literacy Week. So Capitol Hill Day is where we go in and we talk with legislators. And it's not just we at the board level, but also the safe advocates. And we encourage um, state associations as well to take action and get in there and have face-to-face -face or at least over um, Zoom have meetings with their legislators. But then we also have this Adult Ed and Family Literacy Week, which is five solid days of programming and professional development. And of course, all of these state associations and all of these individuals across the country are also engaging. So that's really exciting because we then come together and we look at our collective impact and we've released one collective impact report. We will be releasing a second one as well, which will talk about what's taking place in each of the states as a result of the fellowship. So those are just three additional things that COIB is engaged in. Um, I feel like there is so much to talk about when it comes to advocacy, but um, hopefully we'll be able to share with our, our members, those that are watching this podcast, that there is this advocacy report that we did. And that really, it's a concise report of all the different activities over the past year. All right. Now I'm curious to know what is one of the more popular ways that adult ed professionals choose to advocate? What I've seen is the emails you know, sending that quick email. And I think that's because all of us feel that's that's something I could do quickly. I can click three times and goes to all my legislators. We've had over 200,000 um, connections with legislators since 2017. So I feel like that's something that people are getting comfortable with and are using. And it's a little different than trying to get a meeting with the governor, for example, which takes probably a lot more work than just the three quick clicks. So I want to um, kind of end here with you on a really positive note. Is there an advocacy success story um, from your personal experience that sticks out to you? Absolutely. So I met this wonderful lady. I hope I don't cry when I tell the story. I met this wonderful lady in 2017 at our first ever Capitol Hill Day, and I'll never forget her. So she and I sat down, we were talking on the bus, and this is when we actually went in person to talk with legislators. She was sharing with me how she had come from a family of nine kids. Her mother was a drug dealer, you know, just a, a lot of trauma in and out of her home. She got pregnant when she was 13. She had three kids by the time she was 17. She dropped out of school. She was living on the streets with her three kids. Then she found out about adult education and the wonderful wraparound services that were provided 
there in Louisiana. So she went in, she ended up getting the care she needed for her children, getting her GED, her equivalent. And she is now a, um, she teaches second grade. She's a second grade teacher and all of her kids are on honor roll. I have followed her on Facebook and I've noticed her success. I've watched her, you know, get her first car, get her first house, um, always there to applaud her success and been so proud of her. And she is the reason why we have engaged in a return on investment um, initiative where we're going to be trying to measure some successes here of our adult learners who have been out of programs now for three, four, five years and try to be able to show how adult education has this tangential um, effect on these, these individuals in their communities. But I was so impressed when I watched her talk to her legislators and connect with them and be able to share from that adult learner perspective how it changed her life. So I would say that's probably my favorite story because I watched it before my eyes. You know, I watched her. She had just gotten her GED and she was talking to legislators about that. And then now it's 2022. So five years later, you know, she owns her own home. She has her own car. Her kids are all doing well in school. And what a wonderful success story. What a tribute to adult education. Wow, what a touching story. Thank you so much for sharing. And Sharon, please let us know how people can reach you to get more information about Koei. Oh, it's super easy. It's my name, Sharon Bonnie at coabe.org, C-O-A-B-E.org. Perfect. Thank you so much. Thank you for being with us. We are going to take a short break. We'll be back to speak with James Bonnie, who has an impactful story to tell. with my co-host Erin, and you've been listening to Adult Ed Advocast. We are here with James Bonney, the Creative Director for Coalition on Adult Basic Education. James, thank you so much for joining us today. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you so much for having me. Tell us about yourself. We would like to know everything about you. <laughs> everything? Okay. <laughs> Uh, well, I am from a small little beach town in California, Santa Cruz. That's where I grew up. Um, I It's sort of by accident, I guess, maybe, or by chance that I got into the field of adult education. Um, I had a fairly troubled childhood. Uh, in my home, there was, um, uh, you know, a lot of drugs, turmoil, alcohol, so I, by the time I got into high school, I was sort of going down that road myself and I ended up dropping out. I was, uh, you know, getting in trouble and I ended up going to jail for a, a small crime when I was 18 and they had a GED program in that uh, local jail out there and I ended up getting my GED and 
I'm to this day, I'm so thankful that that program was available there. Um, it really made a huge difference in my life at that time and even even all the way till now, so many years later. Wow, that is an incredible, incredible story. That's, that's such a good success story. And that's why we are here as educators, because we know, thank you for sharing such a personal story, but I, I know that you're not the only person that have gone through hardship and you're not going to be the only person this will continue because life is difficult and people go through difficult times and they cannot always continue their educations and get their high school diploma at the time that they are supposed to get those yeah. diplomas but um that's why we are here that's why we are advocating for them trying to make it easier for all those folks that they want to improve their lives I hear that you created this logo for us. Is that right? <laughs> I did. And that's, um, I love my job. I get to do a lot of creative work sort of behind the scenes, um, which I'm comfortable with. Um, I love graphic design. I love marketing and all that stuff, social media work. So I really, I, I love my job. So what exactly is, is your job title then, James? <laughs> So my official title is creative director, but I work a lot in communications. I try to, I, I guess in short, I try to make CoWave look good um, on our website, on our communications and our social media, um, any PowerPoint presentations I, I, that Sharon uses in, in her meetings um, and advocacy work. And I also do a lot of work at our uh, CoWave conferences every year, which I love. So. It's uh, it's a, it's really fun. Oh, you make all of Sharon's powerpoints as well, so you could. Not all of them. She's got some okay. skills too. All of them here and there, when she lets me. <laughs> we we love the logo. Oh, good. We love, I, I, we love so it. Glad. I think. Yeah, when they show it, as I'm saying, that's it. That's what we want. <laughs> Thank you so much. And that was very creative of you. Um, what is the story behind it? How did you come up with this idea? Uh, you know, I just start messing around. I just start drawing. I start uh, working in my Illustrator program and I sort of pull different uh, graphics, different images, different fonts, letter styles together. And uh, I just sort of, you know, create, I, you know, usually I like to present somebody with several different options, and uh, I presented a few different options to Jeff and, or to your team, and I think we honed in on this one and we refined it a little bit and and finally settled on this. It's fantastic. Yeah. I love listening to creative people like try to explain the creative <laughs> process uh, because I am not a creative person. <laughs> like at all when it comes to to images and things so i appreciate art but the process of creating it is beyond me it can be really fun and it can be really frustrating at the same time <laughs> so um i know you also do work with like coabe's webinars as well with, yeah, um, I started a while ago, I think a, a year or two ago or so, I started hosting those webinars. Um, and 
I love doing it. I love hearing about the material because a lot, a lot of my work is behind the scenes. So I'm, I don't know a lot of times what Coeb is involved in or what's going on in the field and being a part of these webinars is kind of open up a door or open up a window for me to get a better understanding of adult education and the field in general. Cause I really didn't know much about it before I started working to for Coeb. Oh, interesting. So even as a, an adult education student after you got your GED, it was just. <laughs> yeah, I got, I got my GED and I, after that, for, for many years, I didn't really think about the field of adult education after that. I just, I, I went on and got my associate's degree in business after that, never went any further. But, you know, when, when Sharon and I were married, I always sort of had my separate career. Um, and then just a few years ago, I think it was that what really kind of brought me in was there was the Coeb conference in Orlando, Florida, I think five years ago. Um, I we, we had went down with the family and Sharon wanted me to come to a general session to hear her speak. And this was the first time that I had ever been around any kind of Coeb work or seen what she she did in the field. And. I was blown away. I went to that conference. It was the first time I was sort of introduced to Coeb and I was blown away about, how, you know, with the size and scope of it. And I just started, I asked her questions. Oh, well, what about, you know, who does it, who designs your signs or who does your social media for this or who designs your stage? And there happened, there was a need back then to sort of I guess, professionalize Coeb a little bit more at that point. It was growing. Um, so that's that's how I got started. Amazing. Yeah. So the moral of the story is that always take your spouses with you whenever you go to a conference. <laughs> they may yeah, join the field in one way or another. <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. That's amazing. I want to go back to your story about when you were an adult ed student. Um, as someone who has gone through all the things to get your GED what was one thing that you wished you had received some some type of help or support, but you didn't? You know, I think the biggest drawback or, or difficulty for me growing up was just my home life. I didn't have somebody in my home really driving me and pushing me to succeed. Um, I was kind of left at a certain point to kind of just float around and do what I kind of wanted to do. No, I didn't really have parents that tried to get me to achieve um, in high school. So that I, I, I would say that's one area that was a big hindrance to me. Um, I at some point I should have taken responsibility for myself as, a, as I was getting older through high school, but I just wasn't able to do it. I wasn't able to focus in class at the time. I was just distracted and because of what was going on at home and, um, you know, eventually ended up dropping out. And I'm, I'm just grateful for that program that was available in that in that jail. Otherwise, I may have gotten my GED after that at some point, but the availability of it and the the tutoring i remember there was several teachers there and they just were working with students one-on-one -on -one, offering a lot of support and help through the whole process and they just made it really easy i remember um 
And I think it was the first time that I sort of enjoyed finishing something or um, and took ownership in my classwork. So it was a huge help. Sounds like that that GED program had just a fantastic support system yeah. in place. Yeah. It's phenomenal. That's amazing. I wish all programs could provide all types of supports to students as they need. Not all the time programs, even though they may want to, they, they don't get enough funding to, to provide yeah. all those services. Especially to especially programs that are um, offering classes in jail system. So, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I mean, I think it's probably easy just to write people off who end up in jail for you know various reasons. But I, I'm grateful that there's people out there that don't write people like me off. You know, because you, they can they make a huge difference in people's lives that have you know generational effects. You know. James, thank you so much for sharing for sharing your story, um, for kind of reminding us of why why advocating for these programs, for funding for for corrections education, for um, you know high school equivalency ESL for for all of it. Why it's so important. Thank you so it's much. It's my pleasure. Thank you both so much for everything that you do. And thanks for having me. So James, if if people are, as I'm sure they are, really feeling that that connection with you right now and they want to reach out or they want to find you, I know you say you stay behind the scenes, which is how mm -hmm. you like it. Um, how how might they find you or send you a note? Or Well, my e email address is simple. Just my first and last name, jamesbonnie at coabe.org. You can always reach me there and and I'll respond. I'm there. Fantastic. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you so much for sharing your inspiring story with us. It's my pleasure. Thank you. So we're going to take a quick break and then we'll be right back. My name is Sarah, and I'm with my co-host, Erin, and you've been listening to Adult Ed Advocast. Erin, this was such a great episode. I'm very glad that James and Bonnie could join us for this episode and share their insights with us. Just remember, if you want to reach Sharon, you, you can tweet at her at um, CEO Koei, and if you want to reach James, you can contact him at jamesbonnie at quave.org. So before we um, completely wrap up, I just wanted to see if um, Sharon and James have any last minute things they'd like to add. Just some final thoughts to share with our listeners. 
I, I just want to say that I'm grateful for this opportunity. Um, since I've been involved in adult education and this work with CoAbe, it's um, it's really opened my eyes to the need. Um, I love hearing uh, people's success stories about what they've overcome and how much an adult ed program or an adult ed teacher made a difference in their life. And I, I really love the work. It's it's really good work. It makes an impact in people's lives. And it's, I love it. Great. Thank you, James. I would just like to encourage everybody um, to take action for adult education. There's there's a lot of really simple, easy ways to do it, and then some more complicated ways too. Some some more some ways that take a little bit more effort. But I just want to encourage us all to speak up and speak out for adult education. The adult learners need us to do so, but so do the teachers and administrators. They we all need to be pitching in and working together to get the field out there and visible to funders and to uh, members of Congress. So that would be my my final say is, please just take action. Do what these ladies are encouraging us to do here on the AdvoCast and take action for adult education. Okay. Thank, thank you both so much for joining us. Um, thanks to all the listeners for listening. So again, like Sharon said, we're going to cover a lot of different um, aspects of advocacy help build your confidence so that you can, you know, move beyond maybe just those simple ways and really get out there and use your voice. So make sure you don't miss an episode, click the subscribe button. Um, if you have a question, an idea for an episode or an advocacy success story that you would love to share, you can find us on Twitter by searching hashtag advocast. Um, on CoAbe's YouTube channel or on the CoAbe website, which is coabe.org. So join us next month for more adult education advocacy with CoAbe's Adult Ed Advocast.